Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. As always, I'm Edward, and this week on the podcast, we are going to dive into paddle power. And no, I'm not talking about the old steamships that used to go up and down the lakes, rivers, and oceans of the world that were powered by a paddle wheel, but actually talking about impact play in the lifestyle. So that is what the lifestyle portion of the podcast is gonna, going to talk about today. And before we get into that, um, I normally talk about the week that was for me. And unfortunately, I really can't share too much excitement. Um, however, I can guarantee that if you live around the Great Lakes, uh, winter has officially come to an end. And I can make this guarantee because I have bought a new snowblower. So that means it is not going to snow again and may not till 2025 because I have a new snowblower. So I guess we can all start to celebrate spring because of my acquisition. So if spring is your jam, that is fantastic because it will be here in no time. Um, thanks to um, me being prepared for a snowstorm again. So there is that. And the other thing that I did, and why I'm not exactly maybe proud to admit this, um, I know I've shared that one of my struggles, um, especially since COVID hit and in the post-COVID world, is overdoing not having a good work-life balance. And this last week, I sort of fell off the balance wagon. Um, my week nights typically I worked until eight nine o'clock last week which was not healthy um, although in my mind I justified it because I have the upcoming Monday President's Day off so somehow I justified it in my head or in my head and made it feel as though I needed to work because needing to work you know to be ahead for having a day off as I don't know, when I say it, it sounds really, really kind of not not intelligent, like that's a dumb thing to do, and that's the dumb thing that I have been doing. So wherever you're listening, if you are ever so inclined to reach out to me on social media um, around 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and tell me to close my laptop and call it a day for work, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, but I do need to find find my mojo um, again, and get into a decent work-life balance because there is so much more to life than work. And yeah, that has basically been kind of how my my week has been. So I hope your week was much better, much more exciting, and hopefully you had a much better work-life balance or school-life balance than what I did. So with that said, let's get in and let's kind of talk a little bit about impact play and the lifestyle. Now, before we dive in, this is not going to be a how-to session. I'm not going to talk about how to do it. Um, briefly, we'll talk about places um, to avoid impacts. Um, but really, when it comes to impact play, the best thing I recommend is getting out there and doing it. Now, not getting out there and doing it with somebody who is inexperienced, if you're inexperienced as well, but getting out there and attending in-person workshops, in-person classes, if that is not something that you can do, um, definitely invest some time in online education, especially online education where it includes um, videos. Um, so you can see where to hit, how to do it, those types of things, because we are talking about actually making impact on another person's body, which, if done incorrectly, can lead to permanent injury and or, you know, or death. And let's face it, those are not fun things to have happen or to be a part of. So this is an area where you have to educate yourself beyond listening to an amazing podcast like this one. This is something where if this is going to be something you want to explore, you really do need to go out and educate yourself. So with that said, uh, the question of what is impact play? And basically that is where we are making and, you know, we are physically striking 
our partner or playmate, whether that be with our hand, a paddle, a cane, a flogger, um, or even or even a whip. Um, all sorts of different things and implements are used. My favorite tool other than my hand is a wooden spoon. So you can use many, many different things for this. It's just very important to, like I said, to know where and how to do it um, rather than just flailing away um, with whatever implement or your hand, whatever it is you want to use. Um, it's also important to recognize that there are people who enjoy impact play just for the physical sensations, but for most people, um, and it doesn't matter whether you're the person that is doing the striking or or being the um, the person that is having the impacts land upon them, there is often a psychological, uh, I was going to say psychological impact, but um, since this is impact play, I was looking for another, another word there, but nothing comes to mind. But there is often um, a psychological component that is, for many people, more intense than the actual physical sensations that are experienced during this kind of play. So it's very important to understand that this is as much mental, if not more mental, than actual physical. But there are people who just crave and enjoy the physical sensations. And since, of course, this is involving um, direct contact with another person, it's very important to uh, know and to have in place all those wonderful safety considerations that we talk about here pretty much every week and every podcast. And I apologize if this gets old and redundant, but it is so super important that before you embark on impact play with anyone from your trusted partner of many years to a new to you partner um, or playmate, um, negotiate, discuss exactly what is going to happen, discuss limits, have boundaries, and make sure you have safe words and safe gestures involved. Um, sometimes impact play does involve things like, say, a ball gag, which can impact, uh, there we go with impact again, um, which can affect how a person can or cannot communicate. So safe gestures can often be very important when it comes to this type of play. And of course, use whatever means that you have during, you know, with that you find, whether it's safe, sane, and consensual, whether it's rack, whether it's brick or the four C's, whatever philosophy aligns with you, make sure to fully use it uh, when you are negotiating and setting your boundaries and limits for this type of play. And it's also very important to understand that for many people, impact play can be sort of foreplay for sex. And if that's the case, make sure that sex things um, are talked about um, when it comes to impact play. Will it be allowed? Will it not be allowed? Unfortunately, uh, many people who I jokingly refer to as dominance, um, and that, that would be dumb rather than dom, uh, they tend to think that permission to do impact play also equates to permission to touch, caress, stroke naughty bits that are in and around the areas that are going to be struck. And that is definitely not the case unless it is previously negotiated. So when you are negotiating in a scene that is going to have some sort of you know impact play as a part of it, Make sure that even if it is just a playmate and you are planning on just a pure um, EDSM scene with no uh, no sexual overtones, um, make sure that everything is communicated. And if you are using impact play more as kind of a foreplay or even in play part of your doing the dance with no pants, make sure that everything is communicated, that it's okay to touch here, that it's okay to touch there, or if it's not okay. Um, for some people, it is wonderful, it adds to the, to the sensations and is wanted and, and I dare say, required. But it's very important that this is 
discussed beforehand. And as always, permission to say spank or paddle someone does not include permission of naughty bit, touching, fondling, anything along those lines. Um, it's just, it doesn't unless it's been previously negotiated and always what is negotiated before the scene starts is what has to stay in place during the entire scene. If things are wanted to be added um, for next time, that is fine. That's a conversation for next time. It's not something that you can say, hey, time out. Um, I know we didn't discuss naughty bit touching, but I'm kind of turned on now that we're in the middle of the spanking and I would like to caress your naughty bits. No, no, it doesn't work that way. If it wasn't agreed to beforehand, you have to stay within those parameters for that scene and then perhaps next time discuss, say, the uh, fondling of the naughty bits. Now, when it does come to impact play, it is very important um, to have and understand the proper techniques um, to use, um, whether you're using your hand, a wooden spoon, uh, or a flogger, a paddle, a cane, or even a whip. Uh, so let's start with kind of the the hand, the flogger, or in my case, my favorite implement, the wooden spoon. It's very important um, for the person in the dominant or top role to focus on how they use their wrist, because the wrist really is where the important motion comes from. It's not about wielding the flogger or that wooden spoon uh, with just plain sheer good old-fashioned brute force. Uh, it's not a baseball bat. It's not, you're not swinging for the fences. Um, but really in the wrist, it all is where it is in the wrist because you can vary the intensity. You can create different sensations all by how you use your wrist. So that is very important for, you know, really any of these tools from your, your hand to a wooden spoon to a paddle. And speaking of paddles, um, it's very important uh, to use proper positioning and understand that different types of paddles will affect people differently. Um, a leather paddle will give different sensations, say, than a wood paddle. Um, and how they're used um, can really, really affect how things are. I wanted to say impact again, and I don't want to overuse that word. And when it comes to paddles, one of the things that I've discovered on my journey is there are paddles out there um, that often have one side that is leather, um, which is great for some of those more uh, more painful impacts. And the other side can be very kind of cushy, soft, and padded. Uh, with a passive they enjoyed being paddled, but they were not into pain. And I know that sounds kind of like an oxymoron, like how can that be if somebody's into being paddled, how can they not be into pain? Well, you choose a paddle that has the big, soft, cushy side so that when a, a blow lands, rather than being painful, even though because of all the cushiness and softness, it makes a tremendous noise and a big whoomph noise that when it strikes, Sorry for the bad sound effect there. Um, but you can have implements that do impact play um, that have minimal pain, um, but perhaps maximum sound effects. So you can have the all the sensations while reducing to removing the pain by how you do it. So you can enjoy being paddled, but not be in pain with it. So it's important to understand and understand that. Now, moving into two kind of what I would call advanced um, means for impact play, those would be canes and whips. Both of these are definitely more advanced, um, and they require a lot of technique, a lot of precision, and a lot of adjustment to control um, how they land, whether your intent is to leave marks, to bruise, um, or to just hit so it leaves a wonderful sensation um, but stays well within the submissive or bottom's pain tolerances. And if you're going to use a cane or a whip, either one of those 
for the love of Pete, educate yourself. And by educate yourself, work with people hands-on, in-person, who teach this. Once again, I'll use my local community as an example. There are many people who are experts with these and are willing and able and do teach lessons on how to use a cane. And this is even more important when it comes to whips. Um, whips aren't my jam. They just are not my jam. They're something that has never appealed to me. But, you know, it's the old adage when you think of BDSM, you think of whips and chains. And a whip um, is something that can do tremendous damage if it's done correctly. Um, and if it's done right, it can be as gentle as a, you know, it can be a very gentle sensation and not necessarily be painful by how it is done. And since whips aren't my jam, I can't explain to you how to do it, um, nor am I Indiana Jones. So I am not somebody to teach whipping um, at all. And with the dangers involved in those, if they're done wrong, it is so important to actually go out and get hands-on training. And even if you live in a very rural, remote place, um, you can find, you know, weekend classes, seminars, um, conventions um, that happen with all sorts of wonderful kinky people where they will have classes uh, where you can learn how to do these things. And yes, it does may take, you know, you investing in travel um, and your time to attend something like this. But if these are tools that you want to add to your toolbox of things and you want to experience them, try them. Please, please, please learn and experience them from somebody who has mastered these techniques. So in this case, we might be actually talking with somebody that that rightfully has the honorific master attached to them rather than the typical online BDSM dominant who is doing the masterful routine just to try and get clicks and links and likes and all that good stuff. But it's so very important, and it's not just the top or dominant that needs to understand uh, how a whip or a cane works. But the submissives, you need to understand it exactly as well, because if you don't know exactly how somebody should hold a whip or how they should use a whip, uh, you will have no idea whether the person whipping you knows what they're doing or not. And it's just an incredible amount of trust that goes into this type of play. But you have to have the knowledge rather than, well, it's wonderful to trust somebody explicitly. That sort of trust is rare and absolutely amazing. But you have to have the knowledge to know whether your trust is in the right place or not. And that trust has to come before the play rather than afterwards when you're like, oh, yeah, they knew what they were doing. Because if they didn't know what they were doing, it could end up being a very, very very bad experience uh, for you. And it's also important to understand, like I said, I'm not going to really dive into this because it's a podcast. There's no visual aids. I suppose I could have done a, a video podcast and had visual aids and pop up and turn it into a corporate training montage uh, where we talk about areas of the body to that are okay to strike and that are not okay to strike. Um, briefly, just because I need to say it for safety's sake. Um, don't strike head and neck areas. Um, there are people out there who enjoy, say, having their face slapped um, during play. And that is completely different than, say, having their face walloped with a paddle. You just, common sense says not to do that. Um, but unfortunately, we live in a world where common sense is uncommon. So head and neck areas, definitely off limits. The areas that you would want to focus on are very fleshy areas um, that are not, for example, connected to the spine. You don't want to hit joints. Um, so the simple area, if you're new to focus on, is the buttocks. Uh, it's a very easy area. It's very safe. Uh, you don't want to strike the spine, the kidneys, knees, ankles, fingers, elbows, shoulders, all those joints, you just want to avoid them, obviously head and neck, um, but it's, you know, focus on that and always start with a gradual 
sort of a warm-up. Start softly and slowly increase intensity with it as you go. Even if you are doing impact play as a punishment or correction, you escalate. You don't just start walloping away like, I don't know, Captain Caveman with his club. Um, you want to start gradual, work your way up in an intensity. Um, you can incorporate, um, you know, different intensities. You can ramp up the intensity and then lower it, ramp it back up. There's all sorts of ways you can be creative um, during impact play scenes. But with that creativity, always start gradually and work your way up. Don't just start wailing away. Please, please, please do not do that. Now, with most things in the wonderful world of BDSM, there are all sorts of misconceptions out there. And there are five common misconceptions about impact play. Um, the first is that it has to involve pain and discomfort. And earlier we chatted about um, how my former submissive enjoyed being paddled, but didn't enjoy pain or discomfort. And there was a paddle that was ideal for it that gave all the sensations and, and the sound effects. It sounded awesome. It sounded like, you know, I just hit a home run in Yankee Stadium uh, with each impact, um, but it didn't cause any pain or discomfort. It was the sensations um, that was the real driver. And I enjoyed, as the dominant, I enjoyed the sound that it made. I enjoyed the sound of the, the wallop um, that the paddle made. Um, but knowing that it was not causing pain and discomfort was, was perfect for our play. Um, the other misconception out there is that impact play is only for masochists or sadists. Um, and that is, once again, not the case. Um, all sorts of people enjoy it. And like I said before, you don't have to be into pain to enjoy some impact play. There are ways to do it without the without the ouchies. Um, of course, um, the other myth, and this one comes primarily from people who are vanilla and undereducated about the lifestyle, um, see it as abusive or violent. And I guess there can be some sort of violence with it, if you will. Um, but everything that is happening um, with it is happening with you know, informed, express consent um, with, of course, with safe words and gestures, um, the submissive or bottom has the right to revoke consent and stop play at any point at any time for any reason. So once again, that's a, a misconception that often comes from our vanilla cousins. Um, the other one is that impact play is, it's easy to do. And therefore, we don't need training. We don't need experience. We are instant masters of impact play. And that is so not the case because so much can go wrong. A, you know, a barehanded spanking on a bare bottom where the, the person giving the spanky, spanking um, slips up and strikes the kidney area. Um, that can happen if you are not properly taught and you don't have much experience. And it is something that just as you kind of peruse the kinky internet, because I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you you do uh, curve some kinky websites and look at some naughty uh, but tasteful. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure it's naughty but tasteful images. Uh, but when you see people share pictures of impact play, post-impact play, you know, where there's bruising or there's there's a red bottom those types of things. If you look closely, occasionally you run into one where you can see where the top or dominant was repeatedly striking the area around the kidneys um, just by the marks that are left. And it should make you cringe. Um, and so unfortunately, impact play is something that instant mastery um, is often associated with. And that is just not the case. This is an area that does require extensive education. And finally, impact play is always about dominance and submission. And this is not the case because there are tops and bottoms out there who enjoy impact play for a variety of reasons. And it doesn't have to do with being dominant or being submissive. It's about the sensations or the mental place that this play takes them to. So impact play is not always about DS and dominance and submission. 
Um, it can be, and it can be a great way to enhance that dynamic, um, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And another thing that I want to chat about is um, in the recent past, there was a post that was making its way around um, through through many blogs, kind of in the, out in the blogosphere, um, where a Dominic wrote a bit of advice on how to spank for a newbie. And when I read it, I just cringed. But this post was just racking up all sorts of views, all sorts of likes, and being shared and reshared and reshared. And no one was standing up and saying, there's a lot of bad advice here. So I want to take a second and talk about some of the bad advice um, that is out there um, for people who are curious about impact play. Uh, so we're going to break this down. There were there were eight bits of advice that were absolutely horrid in this piece, and so I've got sort of eight things to talk about. Um, uh, the the person wrote that um, the that the uh, the little uh, tongue tie moment there. Uh, the intensity of each bank should be random, so the submissive cannot prepare for. Uh, either a painful impact or a not-so-painful impact, keep them guessing. They, they shouldn't be able to expect what is coming next. And that can be great for many, many people. That um, unknown factor can really add to the intensity, and many people like that. However, it's important to understand that just because many like that, not everyone does. Uh, some submissives or bottoms they need to have it be very structured, where it starts with a gentle warm-up, and as the session goes, it gradually picks up intensity until it reaches its peak. And then either at the, you know, once that peak is reached, either that is the end of the scene, or the intensity goes back down, and it's sort of the reverse. It's sort of like a wave. It comes in, it crests, and then it gently goes back out into the ocean or lake. And so it's very important to understand what works for your partner um, and what doesn't work. So the the idea that every spank should be random and the person should never know what to expect intensity-wise of what's next, while it works for some, it definitely doesn't fit for everyone. It's important to understand that just because something works for you, it doesn't work for everyone. Now, next up, they shared that if the submissive or bottom is giggling or laughing, you need to hit harder. As a, as a dominant or top, if they laugh or giggle, um, they need to be struck harder. And, wow, um, this made me cringe. Because, while it's a smaller number um, of submissives or bottoms, there are many submissives and bottoms who react to stimuli like impact play, um, the way it affects their mind and, and the, the feelings it induces or causes, um, they might giggle or laugh. Um, it does happen, and there are many submissives who um, will be in the midst of a very intense um, impact play session or scene, and they will be giggling or laughing. And it's not because they're getting hit softly. It's just how they process it. And that giggle or laugh is how they are letting out, um, you know, it's how they're expressing what they're feeling. It's not that they're laughing because they think it's funny or that, um, you know, somehow they're, the impact play has made them think of the funniest joke their favorite stand-up comedian told. It's just how they're processing the scene. And those laughs and giggles are not signs that you need to hit harder. Um, it's just how they're expressing themselves. So laughs and giggles don't mean wallop harder. It means odds are this is how that submissive or that bottom is reacting and expressing themselves, and it's not because they're finding what the dominant or top is doing is funny. Next, they suggest taking breaks, which is a good thing, 
it is very good to take breaks and you know check in how you doing um but the breaks are not there for check-ins um the this person goes on to explain that the breaks are there um to pull the submissive's hair to choke them or to stick your fingers into their mouth um, and if you don't want to do either of those, um, then they suggest whispering naughty things into their ear to remind them that you own them. Now, in a scene, uh, that could be ideal for some people. Some people enjoy having their hair pulled. Some other people enjoy being choked. Other people enjoy having their hair pulled while they're being choked. Um, other people enjoy fingers in their mouths. And other people enjoy, of course, um, having naughty thoughts whispered into their ear. Um, but not everyone does. And it can be, um, you know, revolting, scary um, to other people. And once again, things like hair pulling, choking, um, fingers into the mouth, naughty talk, all of those things, if they are your jam, excellent. Talk about that. Negotiate them into your scene. Let uh, your partner know that, yes, you're on board explicitly with this. Yes, you can pull my hair. No, you can't choke me. No, you can't put fingers in my mouth. But you can whisper naughty things in my ear. However that works, that all must be negotiated beforehand. Um, just having an impact play scene, once again, even with an established partner, those types of things need to be negotiated beforehand. Are they okay? Are they not okay? Because these are very different items than an impact play. If somebody agrees to be paddled, they are not agreeing to having their hair pulled. They are not agreeing to being choked. So don't assume that somebody who agrees to an impact play scene with you um, is agreeing to all these other things unless you've explicitly covered them during your negotiations. Next up, they say that uh, the submissive should never see the dominant's hands uh, because, once again, this comes back to if they can see your hands, they can mentally prepare um, for the impact. And once again, there are those who enjoy that. They enjoy the, the mystery, the surprise. And there are others that they need to, they need to be able to see. They need to be able to prepare mentally for what's coming. So it's a very personal preference. And once again, what works for one person shouldn't be put out there as the right or true way. Um, this is something that is very much important during a negotiation to talk about. You know, do you need, you know, do you need occasionally to see my hands? Do you need to see them every time? Or can they just work off in the, you know, in the darkness behind you? Is that something that is needed? So once again, this is something that is very important to talk about and to go negotiate because everyone responds differently. And there are many submissives and bottoms that do need to mentally prepare for each impact. And then, of course, they do highly recommend caressing their naughty bits occasionally. And this is probably the number one area when it comes to impact play where consent gets violated. And it's because dominance or tops somehow assume that impact play also allows for naughty bit touching. It does not unless you've specifically agreed to it. So it's very, very important to have the discussion about impact play in sexuality, your sex, really, when it comes to your negotiations. Is it strictly an impact session or is it a something where that this sort of touching is allowed or you can touch here but you can't touch there? Those types of things. It is just one of the biggest areas where uneducated dominance or tops somehow think that permission um, and negotiation for impact play automatically includes the touching of, you know, a person's genitals or other places. Um, but they somehow think that it just, that I have permission to hit them with my paddle, therefore I have permission to touch them there. And it's not the case unless it has been negotiated. So please don't let that happen to you. Make sure that that is part of your 
consent agreement before you engage in play. Next up, the recommendation is to not allow the bottom to uh, move around. Don't let them even wiggle or stretch their legs. Now, that might be great um, advice if you are, let's say, in your 20s. Now that I am older, um, I know that I need to occasionally move. Um, being a skier all my life, my knees get stiff if they don't move. So if I was a submissive or a bottom, I would need to move. I would need to stretch my legs. Um, and then on top of it, it's a very natural thing if you were kind of doing an intense impact scene um, where things involve, you know, ouch and pain and ow, um, to wiggle in response to that. Um, so yes, you can, if it is your jam, you can add restraints to your impact play to not allow so much wiggle room, shall we say, or to impede the stretching of legs. But that's something that you need to talk to your partner about because they may need to stretch their legs. They may respond um, to a wallop with a wiggle. So it's very important to talk about this. And if you are a dominant, um, don't think that if your submissive wiggles or wants to you know, stretch their leg out that you're doing something wrong or that the submissive is somehow misbehaving. Uh, it's very human things to do, and and so therefore don't don't expect a submissive or bottom just to um, sort of lay there and take it. That's um, just it's just wrong. Uh, next up, this one annoys me: personal pet peeve. Don't smile or make jokes. Um, you are their dominant. Act like what? Well. Let's face it, there are things that happen when we play that are unexpected and are often, for lack of a very better terminology, unexpected things that happen that are just plain funny. Funny things happen. And life is too damn short to not smile and to not laugh. Yes, you can have a scene where it is very intense and you're being all domly dom and the submissive is being, you know, all super submissive and it is a very intense scene and something happens that is just funny. It happens. Laugh! Because when you don't smile and you don't laugh or you don't make a joke about something that has happened or is happening that is that is downright funny, it's taking away the authenticity of the scene because we're humans. And when we see something funny, we we laugh. We, we know we shouldn't point and laugh, um, but often we do anyway. Um, when it's a funny thing that happens, embrace it, go with it, and have a laugh. You can easily get back into the intense scene um, in just a minute. But yeah, enjoy it. And if something funny happens, laugh or if something funny happens that kind of makes a joke, make a joke. Um, just because you are a normal human um, doesn't mean that you are somehow less dominant or less submissive. Enjoy it, go with it, and embrace what life throws at us. And when we have a humorous moment, embrace the humor and enjoy that. So the final bit of advice that this this how-to guide was propagating that is complete crap is they say don't let the submissive lead the situation. Uh, it's better to just hit them rather than asking things like, should I hit harder or is that good? No, 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 no. You, you have to have check-ins, especially when you're with a new partner or new to you partner, you have to. How else are you going to learn whether it's too hard, it's too soft, um, or if what you're doing is ideal for them if you don't check in with them? And if you're a submissive, if you're not giving your dominant, you know, the, the cues that this is good, that's too much, that's not enough, uh, you know, it's 
you have to do this. And even if you're in an established relationship, sometimes um, the way that, you know, impact play was a week ago on Thursday um, would be too hard for today, would be too hard to today. Everything is in flux. We live in a world where everything is evolving from how hard we hit to how softly we want to be hit, perhaps. Everything evolves, and unless you are checking in with your your partner or playmate, um, you are going to make the scene less than fulfilling. You have to be able to know what your partner wants and what they don't want. So it does mean that you need to check in. Um, it is absolutely mandatory that you do this. So if anybody tells you you shouldn't do check-ins during impact play, um, check out from them immediately. So speaking of something else that um, is, in my opinion, a necessity with any kind of impact play, and that is aftercare. Now, if you are casually playing with a um, a friend or a playmate, um, aftercare is something that you need to negotiate along with the play. Uh, you know, what you need, what they need, how it all works together. And sometimes you could meet a casual playmate where everything lines up perfectly except for what they offer in aftercare and what you need may not align. And if that's the case, they may not be the person that you want to play with because aftercare is very, very important because it doesn't matter, for example, if you are the spanker or the spanky or the implements used. Um, there are obviously physical things that happen during impact play. And there's also all sorts of mental things that happen during impact play that cause our brains to release those euphoric chemicals and make us feel wonderful um, during impact play. But once that stops, there's the potential to kind of have that emotional, the emotional down come. So aftercare is super, super important. Now, when it comes to physical things for aftercare, um, it's important to make sure that everyone is warm, um, you know, that um, the body temperature is regulated. Um, perhaps if you are in a warm climate, maybe it um, means going into a cooler space. Or if you're in a wonderfully chilly space like it is here today, um, you know, a warm blanket and cuddles afterwards is very important to help regulate the body temperature. Because, yes, the area where impact play will probably be warm, um, but the rest of the body will, will probably be cold. So it's very important to, you know, Use some blankets and some cuddling to help regulate body temperature and provide, you know, physical comfort. Another thing is hydration. It's very important to stay hydrated. And quick note, since common sense is uncommon, hydration does not mean having a glass of wine or two um, or a couple of beers or a couple of shots. That is not hydration. Um, the last thing you want to do is add alcohol into the mix. Um, when our body chemicals are trying to regulate themselves and kind of come back to that normal level after play. So it's very important to drink water or sports drinks um, after an intense um, or even a mild session of impact play. Um, and yes, dominance or tops, you need to stay hydrated too because you probably um, used more energy and used more uh, water that was in your body than you think you did um, during the play. So it's very important for both top and bottom or dom and submissive um, to to hydrate after a scene. Um, also, um, when it comes to the physical bits of impact play afterwards, um, encourage you know gentle caresses, massages, um, soothing you know soothing sore areas where things have been impacted. Um, if you are, you know, on the dominant side and, and if you're submissive, um, inquire how your dominant arm is feeling or the wrist. They may, um, they may have sore muscles um, just as well. So it's um, very important that 
you know, gentle touching, caresses, massages, not only go from dominant to submissive, but also from submissive perhaps to the dominant. And if you are doing an intense uh, impact scene, um, have some cold packs available for, you know, um, say your submissive's derriere. Um, the soothing coolness uh, might definitely feel good after an intense, intense play. But even more important than the physical sides of aftercare, which are very important, is the emotional side. Because the play has caused our brains to fill with all those those yummy chemicals that have us feeling good, now that we are coming down from our playtime, it's very important to have emotional support. Uh, words of reassurance, affirmations are so important if you're a dominant Praise your submissive. Let them know that you are proud of them, that you're happy with them, that they did a great job, that you value them. And if you're a submissive, do the same for your dominant. I know this might sound odd um, that a dominant might need, like, you know, an affirmation. They might need some reassurance or praise um, after a scene like this. But it's important to understand that the way society works, right, it's not, societal norms tell us we shouldn't hit other people. And this is especially true um, for men with women. You should not ever hit a woman. And in many cases, in during DS play, you know, we are striking another person, which goes against, you know, all those norms that we were taught, you know, as children, don't hit don't hit other people. Well, we just hit other people and we found that we enjoyed it. So it can be very important for a submissive to reassure a dominant, especially if they are a newer dominant or a dominant new to them, that what they did is okay. Because the dominant may struggle with this. It's a very common thing. And since, of course, dominants are not necessarily as likely as submissives to express how they're feeling. It's just just kind of how the wires work for many D-types. It's very important that, that a submissive check in. How are you doing? Are you okay with what happened? I really enjoyed it. You know, reaffirming that what happened happened with consent and it's all good. And of course, when you are doing any sort of emotional support with your partner or even a playmate, be an active listener. Um, you know, understand the importance of listening and hearing um, your your other person or people's, their feelings, their needs, and, and making sure that, that this period of time is a, a safe space for people to express whatever they're feeling, good, bad, indifferent, um, that it's a safe space and, and we're not going to blow a gasket if we hear something that we necessarily don't like. So, it's very important to do all of that. And once the actual period of aftercare, whether it's an hour or two or, you know, you live together and you, you know, spend the rest of the night curled up on a couch watching your favorite movies together, uh, it's very important that after all of this sort of recedes um, and that normal, whatever normal is for that relationship, um, comes back um, to go back to what happened, go back to that impact scene, and for everyone involved to talk about it again, you know, sort of a debrief. How did it go? What did you like? What did you not like? Were there any concerns that that have come up in your mind now that we're done? You know, did something concern you? Did you know, did I go too far, not far enough? It's very important to have that that debrief and talk about what happened and how we're feeling. And as I've said before, everybody evolves and everybody is constantly changing. So, you know, after having that sort of that debrief conversation, sort of a follow-on conversation, and it can happen at the same time, is to talk about future needs. Perhaps um, in the scene, the, the dominant, you know, went as far as the submissive limits were. And as you have that debrief, uh, the submissive or bottom says, you know, um, now that I've explored that and we've explored that together and, 
and you didn't violate my limits, but, but you know, we explored kind of out towards towards that line in the sand. Uh, I would like to move move that limit. I would like to move that boundary either, you know, closer in, let's not go that far again, or, hey, I really enjoyed where we were, let's push that boundary out a little bit farther and see see how I feel about that. Everything is, remember, we evolve, so it's a very important to talk about our future needs for next time. And of course, make sure always, whenever you have one of these conversations, um, to use them as a not only to express future needs and how things went, um, but just reaffirm um, the connection, reaffirm um, the bonds that, that bind you as partners. And, you know, gratitude is something that I think we could practice more in the lifestyle. So it's very important to, um, during these times, to express gratitude to your partner or your playmate and, and let them know how much you appreciate the experience that you shared together. So that is what I have on Impact Play today. And if you do have any thoughts or things that I might have missed, um, please shoot me a message. Uh, wherever you listen, just scroll down and you can, you can send me a message. Please take advantage of that and, and do so. Um, but most importantly, when it comes to Impact Play, no matter your role, whether you are a top, whether you're a bottom, whether you're a dominant, whether you're a submissive or a switch, Make sure to educate yourself about it. Make sure that you understand exactly what's going to happen, how to use the implements you are going to use, how to use them safely, and make sure that, of course, communication and consent happen for everything that happens um, in a scene. So when you're going to explore impact play, please do it safely and please do it responsibly um, so that it can be a safe and enjoyable experience for everybody. And on that note, we are going to call it an episode. And I encourage you to follow along. Um, click the follow button wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. And next week, we are going to um, dive into sensation play, um, which would be like hot wax or even blindfolds, things like that, the different ways we can use sensation. Um, in the lifestyle. So please stay tuned for that next week. And until then, have an amazing week. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon.